0: Welcome to the Journal of Community and Supportive Oncology podcast for the month of January 2016. I'm Dr. David Henry. This month, we feature articles on cannabinoids and cancer treatment, oterusizumab to reverse direct oral anticoagulant therapy, new therapies for antiemetic prophylaxis and chemotherapy, management of epidermal growth factor receptor inhibitor associated rash, cyclical hypofractionated radiotherapy, in head and neck cancer, and the impact of surgery on stage 1A non-small cell lung cancer patient quality of life. So let's begin. From the editor's desk this month, Dr. Thomas Strauss writes on cannabinoids in cancer treatment. Use of marijuana, either oral, medicinal, or inhaled, has gained traction in the community with some oncologists as a reasonable alternative to nausea and vomiting treatment or prevention from chemotherapy. However, some 79 randomized controlled trials have been performed in over 6,000 patients, and there is only low-quality evidence to support their efficacy to control or prevent chemotherapy-induced nausea and vomiting. The take-home here is that there are better standard-of-care methods, medications to control chemotherapy-induced nausea and vomiting, as will be discussed later in this podcast, and Dr. Strauss suggests some common-sense suggestions regarding cannabinoids. Cannabinoids either ingested or inhaled should be carefully monitored by a physician especially if other interacting medications are on board, such as opioids, benzodiazepines, psychostimulants, and other controlled substances. Idarucizumab, the first FDA-approved direct oral anticoagulant reversal agent by Dr. Dana Angelini and Dr. Alak Karana from the University of Michigan and the Cleveland Clinic Talsic Cancer Institute, respectively. Idarucizumab is recently FDA-approved for reversal of anticoagulant effects of dabigatran in patients who are in need of emergency surgery or urgent procedure or face life-threatening, uncontrolled bleeding. Idarucizumab is a monoclonal antibody fragment that binds to this direct thrombin inhibitor, dabigatran, and reverses instantly its anticoagulant effect. Three randomized placebo-controlled trials enrolled 283 healthy volunteers. of patients had complete reversal of the bigotran effect within 4 hours, mostly within minutes. The dose is 5 grams intravenously, given as two consecutive 2.5 gram IV infusions. The most common adverse effect in more than 5% was headache. Notable is that this antidote can dissipate after some 12 to 24 hours, so the dabigatran effect could come back. But this now gives us at least a reliable acute intervention to reverse those who have need for emergency surgery, or urgent-emergent reversal of significant bleeding. New Therapies for Antiemetic Prophylaxis for Chemotherapy, a review by Dr. Meller Davis from the Cleveland Clinic Nerner School of Medicine in Cleveland, Ohio. Several advances have occurred in the past two years in the management of chemotherapy-related nausea and vomiting. A new neurokinin-1 receptor antagonist, abbreviated NK1RA, natupotent, has been combined with polynositron in a single oral tablet called NEPA for treating the effects of moderate to highly metagenic chemotherapy. Rolapitant is another NK1 RA, but unlike aprepitant, has a very long half-life and does not block CYP3A4, leading to fewer drug-drug interactions. Olanzapine, another drug, reduces nausea more effectively than aprepitant in patients who are receiving highly metagenic chemotherapy, and is perhaps a better rescue antiemetic than is metoclopramide. This excellent review of pathophysiology of chemotherapy induced nausea and vomiting, as well as basic discussions of these new medications and their use, concludes with an extremely useful set of tables detailing many different organizations such as NCCN, ESMO, International, ASCO, MASC, MASCC, and JSCO guidelines for highly moderately, and low metagenic chemotherapy. Really, I must read this article and these tables for the practicing oncologist. Management of Epidermal Growth Factor Receptor Inhibitor Associated Rash, a systematic review by Dr. Jacqueline Brown and colleagues from the Eli Lilly Company in the United Kingdom. Cancer patients on EGFR inhibitors frequently experience rash compromising their quality of life. This systematic review of some 1,500 articles published between 2005 to 2011 summarizes all the available published recommendations for rash management strategies. Common drug recommendations include oral or topical antibiotics, topical steroids, oral corticosteroids, and antihistamines. The authors suggest a proactive management style as opposed to a reactive, which is the more commonly used. Again, in this article, there are some excellent tables and charts to review a how-to approach to be both proactive as well as reactive in your management style of this difficult rash problem with the EGFR inhibitors. Cyclical Hypofractionated Radiotherapy Technique for Palliative Treatment of Locally Advanced Head and Neck Cancer. Institutional Experience and Review of Palliative Regimens by Teresa Finnegan and colleagues from the University of Louisville School of Medicine, Department of Radiation and Oncology in Louisville, Kentucky. Cyclical Hypofractionated Radiotherapy, referred to as, as a quad shot, is a short course of palliative radiation Delivered as 14.8 guy in four fractions over two days twice daily. And this is repeated every three weeks for a total of three cycles. The authors noted a 61% significant decrease in pain, a significant improvement in dysphagia scores, mucositis, and tumor recurrence. This retrospective study is interesting and deserves prospective comparative study, as it is much simpler for patients to undergo and may benefit patients greater than currently available longer treatment regimens. The impact of surgery for stage 1A non-small cell lung cancer on patient quality of life by Dr. Rebecca Schwartz and colleagues from the North Shore Long Island Jewish School of Medicine in Great Neck, New York. The authors assessed the impact of surgery on physical and mental health-related quality of life in patients undergoing resection for stage 1A non-small cell lung cancer. 107 patients were analyzed, and interestingly, those with lobectomy had a significant negative impact on quality of life from before to after surgery. Better pre- and post-quality-of-life scores were for those patients who had a less-than-lobectomy. This data will help impact and guide us in these early, destined-to-do-very-well-stage lung cancer patients regarding their quality of life and attention to it in such early stage as these. And that concludes this month's podcast for the January 2016 ish- issue of the Journal of Community and Supportive Oncology. We welcome your comments and suggestions, so please visit us at our website, oncologypractice.com. That's oncologypractice.com, where you can review this current issue and also previous archived issues. And thanks for listening.